This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host and political layman, Kobe, and today I'm joined, as always, by our political virtuosos in Diane and Tatton. Guys, how are you doing? Really good, thanks, Kobe. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. I'm, I'm excellent, Kobe, but I'm slightly concerned because if you're a political layperson, doesn't that make us political vicars? Are we, are, um, we, are, are, are we ordained, politically ordained people? Do you want to be vicars? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the difference between and us. Thus, <laughs> and thus we're at an impasse. <laughs> How's your week been so far? You're looking forward to, as we're recording this, guys, um, we're typically recording on Friday. Today it's the Thursday and the whole world is gearing up. Uh, I say the whole world, the UK is gearing up for, for a big storm tomorrow that's shutting down Whipsnade Zoo, as we were, we were talking beforehand. Uh, but how's your week faring? Are you looking forward to... Are you able to barricade yourselves in somewhere safe tomorrow? Yes, I have. Um, I have enough chocolate, tea bags, and I've got a good <laughs> book for the weekend, so I should be okay. Yeah, chocolate and book, awesome. I, I, I'm going up to London to sort of big smoke, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing kind of uh, things flying past the window, like you know, red buses, the Queen. And other things that happen in London. The Queen's going to just get lifted up by a gust of wind and float by the window yeah. you're exactly in at that right time. I think so. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, let's go on to the main meat of the conversation, guys, of this podcast. Let's start off with a popularity contest. Uh, in this segment, we take a look at last week's most popular posts in reverse order, uh, potentially a quieter week this week with the recess. Tatton, do you want to lead us out? Yeah, it was a bit of a quieter week, but some um, people definitely got on board with a few posts. Uh, mm. The third most popular post in the popularity contest was uh, the Metropolitan Police Federation telling mm. Sadiq Khan they had no confidence in him. Just after he had said he had no confidence in Cresta Dick, and then Cresta Dick left, and we spoke about that length last week. The Met Police now say they don't like him very much. And um, it's all, you know, doesn't mean I, anything. And who who's who who is the Met Police uh, Federation there? Because it's, you know, it's it, police are not allowed to unionize mm. because um because of the, the way unions work and they're like well the police have to be uh, doing different things. So the police have a federation that looks a lot like a union and walks a lot like a union, <laughs> but isn't a union. Um, and uh, yeah, they've uh, they've got, they've got together. So they've got no confidence in him. They don't have any power to change what he does. In fact, he's still their boss. Mm. Um, it, it does. It's just politics. Is all it is. There's no. There's no. There's no meaning behind it. It seems a bit tit for tat, doesn't it? At the moment. Um, yeah, exactly. I think that's a, a good phrase to sum it up. Really. Um, mm. And um, you know, it, it's still that's still an unsolved piece of who's going to take over um, as Met Police Chief. So, um, really, more on this to come, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Should we head over to number two then, Diane? Yeah, 
so at number two, we always like a fun post and we had one that had music, <laughs> musical uh, flavour uh, this week. So it's really about in New Zealand, there've been some uh, protests against vaccine mandates and they've been focused outside parliament, outside parliament buildings. And um, the authorities wanted to break them up. They tried putting the sprinklers on, that didn't work. And so they went for what's the most annoying tune you can blare out to move people on. Some of the ones they picked, there was the Macarena, there was some Barry Manilow, Celine Dion, which is a bit harsh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then James Blunt tweeted and said, use mine, which is great. And um, (laughs) yeah, but what what they ended up doing is creating more of a kind of sing-songy festival atmosphere rather than getting anybody to to go. So the protesters, although they've dwindled in numbers because it's not the weekend anymore, there's still some there. Uh, so really interesting and it did get a lot of people thinking about what the most annoying songs would be uh, to get you to move on and Crazy Frog was a very popular choice (laughs) Crazy Frog would would disperse me um, into millions of atoms that that probably (laughs) I shouldn't tell my I shouldn't I shouldn't divulge my kryptonite on the podcast but yeah Crazy Frog really (laughs) really does destroy me did Gina G get a look in Diane? That's a banger of a tune, Tatton. That's Eurovision tactic. <laughs> See, I, I don't know. I don't have. I think I'd be joining in with a sing-song element uh, generally because I know Celine Dion. I'm not a big fan of the song, but I'd let that one slide. Um, Barry Lamanlo. What, what from Barry Lamanlo was um, was suggested? I'm sure he's got a few sing-songy ones. I would have danced with Macarena. That came on. I think this is an important. This is an important point, though. Mm. How do you disperse crowds? They were clearly trying to do it without going in with batons and CS spray, right? Because yeah. no one wants to use batons and CS spray. But if people are using their their right to protest, but you kind of need them to move on, what do you do? I mean, turning the sprinklers on is it's 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 no uh, water can, is it? Right? No. Like it's it's just getting a bit wet. Um, and let's face it, these people from New Zealand, and they get back quite a lot in New Zealand. There's quite a lot of rain. The What else you do? Play annoying music? They tried that at the Tube once, didn't they? They tried to play music at Tube stations so that so that young people wouldn't congregate, like classical music. Um, because and that's annoying. Like, I, don't, I don't think they do anymore, so it didn't, <laughs> wasn't very effective. Like, is there a way of dispersing crowds that's not violent? Well, that's it. I mean, I'm fair play for them for trying. I can't think, like I say, I think it just blew back in the faces. If it was, I'd like to see, I need to go on YouTube and check out videos because I'm sure, you know, people singing on to Baby Shark um, was actually, would actually be hilarious to watch. Anyway, so we head on to the most popular posts. Tatton. Well, it shows the kind of week we've had, you know, the, um, the third most popular post was a not very meaningful statement from the Met Police Federation. The second was just joking around about music and the most the most liked post was a post that just said what the rules are at the moment with covid but everyone kind of this isn't this isn't a year ago when people were confused about bubbles and rules Mm. of six or indoors or outdoors everyone pretty much knows the rules but uh, just a little catch up from us because it's all going to change next week a little catch up from us was uh our number one post and this is interesting because we talked in the previous weeks about the, the differences between each of the member states within the uh, within the UK. And Diane, you were talking about how different states had 
uh, reacted and enacted rules during COVID. And this kind of lays out quite clearly, doesn't it? Oh my goodness. Yeah, you're right. And actually, when we posted this, one of the first responses Mm. was from a teacher who basically was tagging her class and saying, you know, look at this, it's devolution at work on a page it's devolution <laughs> and um, and how they've made different choices basically and and things will slowly mm. catch up and everyone will get to the same point eventually you've got to but uh, being very strong about doing it at their own time at their own pace and uh, I think that's what made it quite an interesting post yeah it certainly was striking did you get any other kind of comments on on that post from from non-teachers or other simple politics readers Whenever we post about restrictions, we get lots of people posting saying, oh, we need more, we need more, there's still lots of vulnerable people, we can't unlock, this is really important. And we got lots of people going, oh, we need to get rid of all restrictions as well. Um, so we had all the usual choruses coming. Mm. Okay, now, well, let's head to the Thursday debate. Okay, every week on the Thursday, Simple Politics Instagram account sets you readers a debate topic. And this week was, how can we best keep our young people safe online? We talked a bit about this last week. Um, Tatum. Well, this was a Thursday debate with a twist, Kobe. And the twist was, we did it on a Wednesday. Ta-da! Because that's how, that's, you know, we just, we're just uh, <laughs> funky people. Uh, so yeah, we, we wanted to talk about it because, because we, last week we were talking about age verification on adult websites and, um, and, and, and trying to keep people safe and how hard it is. And it just, that question never quite left my head. Mm. What on earth can we do when the internet is this big, vast, open space? Putting up little fences is a really hard thing to do. So, um, quite quite unusually, I, I I genuinely want wanted to hear people's ideas on this, um, which is why uh, yeah, I suggested for the debate. And Dan, what kind of what kind of comments were we getting? Okay, so I mean, this is there's a huge range, and I guess the the thing people find tricky is about where the responsibility for looking after you know younger minds ultimately lies so a lot of the question a lot of the answers sorry were around whether it's up to the government to to create you know some fines and um impose certain things on the tech companies whether it should be the tech companies parents you know there's all sorts of different places that people feel like the responsibility should lie so if we go to um i shop therefore great handle. Um, They said regulate the tech companies and fine them when they fail to protect young people and stop leaving it to parents to take responsibility, which is quite interesting. I've got, I mean, I'm full of admiration and respect for iShop. Therefore, I think they're a great account and Mm -hmm. they're great people. But how on earth do you regulate tech companies across the whole internet? Right. I mean, you can, you can, you can regulate Facebook or Meta and you can regulate certain big things, but like the internet's so vast. Mm. I think that there's a couple of people who, who have said that it's about education. Um, Ace-tastic Kiss fan 101, which is just Ace-tastic and they're fans of Kiss. <laughs> and who isn't a fan of Kiss? In free of education, not restrictions. And then, V.S. Wayne Powell 8002, which is a less catchy handle, but there we go. <laughs> the others were taken. Yeah. 
they they said um they they said there is no real solution but building healthy relationships in the real world mm. is there is their response education healthy relationships people you, I, I guess we have to if, next week we're going to talk all about learning to live with covid right we're going to get rid of restrictions and be use our own sense of responsibility and doing the right thing to try and get and live with it we're going to have a horrible internet out there these things are out there and we need to find a way of being resilient and getting through and mm-hmm. maybe regulate whenever you can you know but also resilience and real world healthy relationships Mm. I think there's there's something to say about after um, I mentioned it briefly after the, the the barrage of abuse that the the three black footballers got um, after the World Cup final there was a call for removing anonymity so if you want to sign up to a Twitter account fine but you have to make sure that you're you can hide behind you know a false name or or something like that and that would re- reduce the amount that people would abuse people because uh, obviously we're talking about we're talking about adult content here, but I think there's also a, a talk about um, other active cyberbullying, for example. Mm. Um, do you think that kind of thing could work at all? Making it um, a requirement that you have to to share your personal detail pr- uh, when you sign up to an internet account or an internet uh, platform? Personally, I wouldn't have a problem with it. And I, and I see the, ri- the rationale behind it. I think it would meet a lot mm. of opposition just because of how the internet has worked so far that people have been able to to hide behind their keyboards. So getting people on board with that, I think, would be the most difficult thing. I think that what we've seen throughout, I mean, you know, the three of us were all of a certain age and we've, we, we've seen the internet develop from, you know, getting 20 minutes free on the front of magazines, right? <laughs> the internet finds a way. Yeah. They find a way around things. So if we all have to be, if the three of us all had to be, Diane, Kobe, and Tatton online, that wouldn't affect our behavior particularly. Whereas if you were evil Kobe, mm. right, you would find a way around it. So we'd all just be ourselves, but it wouldn't change anything. And if you wanted to go on and be abusive towards me, you could just find a way around without using your real name because the internet's clever. Mm. Yeah. But can we... Like but, that, nefar- nefariously yeah. clever. Yeah, but there's no reason why we shouldn't make it harder yeah so you're kind of saying education is the key this is what at sandreen sorry at sandreen one was saying i think education is the key getting parents and school involved i guess is kind of analogous to the teaching sex education versus not it's like guys people are going to find out if you educate them mm-hmm. early on and let them know that things are going to happen on the internet things are going to happen in real world trying to prepare people then you're more resilient to the to what's going to happen online i guess yeah i i think that's true and as as much as it literally does terrify me as a parent, sort of, you know, what what's to come in, mm. in years to come. It really does already. I think that's key talking about it. And and finally, we heard from a teacher, Toby.lee64, who said that to get his kids thinking about it in class, he actually creates, you know, sort of fake fishing adverts, things to see so that they can openly discuss, um, you know, fake stuff mm. that you'll get and how they might respond to it and that's that's a really nice touch i think i think that it takes it takes a very special kind of teacher to do that doesn't it yeah um well done toby.le64 i mean i would have thought it's le 64 <laughs> okay well toby.le64 
But do you think Toby Le Soissant Catra is also a fan of Kiss? That's no. what I want to know. No. Um, maybe. We- <laughs> What do you mean, no? Were they not one a fan hit, of Kiss. They're one-hit wonders, weren't they, pretty much? I don't know. Diane, <laughs> Diane, we need to move on to the next section before I get very upset with you. <laughs> they got God Gave rock, rock and Roll to You from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And that's it, isn't it, Tatton? Anyway. I'm not engaging. <laughs> section three, normally bills, bills, bills. But this week it's books, books, books. So... We're ripping up the usual schedule this week. And uh, instead of bills that are coming through Parliament, we're going to look at books. Why is this, Tatton? Um, because we have a big announcement to make. Whoop. We are launching a brand new book and it's available to pre-order now. And what it's called, it's called Two Years Indoors. And it's a two-year history of COVID as told through 100 Simple Politics posts. Wow. Now, we've uh, we, we, we posted about 3,000 times over... Uh, the two years of COVID, we've um, we've posted a lot. We've posted hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of posts. I think about six hundred posts about restrictions. We covered one hundred eighty-six daily briefings, um, and we've condensed all that down into one narrative. So it'd be a, a historical document of two years indoors. I mean, that's kind of astonishing. Three thousand posts, and you guys have really handheld a lot of people through the past couple of years. And obviously, that's seen the biggest increase in in, in followers to to simple politics, but I'm really keen to see this because I think it really will kind of be a fantastic historical document, as you say, and, you know, hopefully Milo and my son will be learning about this right through your book in, um, you know, in the few years to come. It's been an honour and a privilege to be able to guide people through what's what's happened. I think I think all three of us feel very strongly that we've been in the position to really help people and that's been amazing. And going back, and we're going to talk a little bit through the history of COVID in a minute, I think, and Diane's going to kick us off with that. But going back for me personally, through these posts, looking out for what to include, was an incredibly emotional thing to do, to remember the pressure that I felt to Mm. tell people what was going on, to get it right, to get it accurate, to get it clear, to get it accessible when many people felt the government weren't being that clear with what was going on. And there it is. There's all our hard work. There's all of our our entire lives for the last two years. Diane, myself and Charlotte, our entire lives for the last two years are there in this book. And uh, it's very it's very personal to us. Diane, what was the process like of selecting the most, uh, these hundred posts? Was it, think about the most representative ones with the most incendiary ones what was what we kind of thought processes it's just really how the how the story is taken shape so um Tatton's done a really great piece before every month because we go through in a really chronological order you know from from the very first time we ever ever posted about coronavirus right right through to bringing us bang up to date and there's a piece at the beginning of every month of sort of where we were sort of what what were the case numbers you know what were the hospitalizations what what were the deaths what were the vaccinations you know so the whole thing is is in there in terms of you can see before each of the months what it what it looked like just to remind you what what it was like out there you know there was a time where we didn't even have vaccines what was that like and what were we saying then and how the advice changed over time. So it's really the ones that stand out as telling the story, you know, and there's some big ones in there that everyone will remember from the very first restrictions right up to things like, 
you know, Dominic Cummings um, is in there, you know, right up to, you know, there's various things that as you go through it will absolutely take you back to to what those moments felt like. Well, uh, so you said it's available to pre-order now. When's it come out f- fully? If you pre-order now, when will it arrive at my door, your door, listeners' doors? It will, uh, we need to get the final data from February because it'll finish on 28th of February and it takes a few days for the final data to come through and be finalised. And then it'll be straight off to the princess and then it's got to go through Diane's house and Charlotte's house to my house because all three of us are going to sign every single copy. And then I will put them in the post 17, I mean, about a month today, 15th, 16th, 17th of March. It's not guaranteed, but that kind of time. Because we're going to have gone from if and when Boris Johnson announces next week that we will have no restrictions at all yeah. the book will have, will take us through the 24 months from in fact before restrictions coming in when the big the big moment when mcdonald's said it was closing all its branches from that moment through to no restrictions at all it's the complete journey through restrictions so it's really important for us to wait to get it right Get at the end of from the first of March twenty twenty to the twenty eighth of February twenty twenty two. Amazing. Hello, I'm Hannah Flint from the First Film Club, a film podcast series dedicated to established and emerging talent, both in front of and behind the camera, and the feature debuts that launch their careers. From the new drama Mass to the cult classic Heather's. Each episode is dedicated to a film, a guest, and the behind-the-scenes stories, memories, and advice from their time on set. Find us, The First Film Club, wherever you listen to your stripped media podcasts. Come join the club. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Guys, let's head to section number four. This is random choice. We can go anywhere in this section. Where do you want to lead us, Diane? I think it's only right that we we stay with them talking about the journey and the pandemic and what journey it has been really I guess I'll if if we just sort of you know think about a piece each that we did you know like to talk about I think for me it's that very beginning that's really uh really like like Tatan said super emotional thinking back to it because we talked about coronavirus in January being really really far away something that was happening that some news outlets were talking about but felt um, like something that would never really affect us. And we didn't even know if we'd mention it, but did it once in a post in January. And then, you know, a few weeks later, we were heading into our first national lockdown, you know, with that recorded message mm. from Boris Johnson. And personally, I was meant to have a 40th birthday that didn't, so I'm still 40, effectively. And <laughs> <laughs> and what um, sticks with me about that whole piece is really how... If you think back to what it was like, the roads were empty. People really, on the whole, I'm sure some people didn't, but people really stuck to what was being said. It felt like a big collective national, huge thing that was happening that we were all in together. And I guess you'd expect, but it's just interesting to think about if it happened again now, right now, 
what would people's reactions be? Would it be the same? Would we get the same level of of people playing ball with the announcement, uh, which I don't think we would slightly. So that's always really, really strikes me about that first piece, just how everybody really did go, oh, okay, this is this is serious. Let's let's do the right thing. I'm, I'm thinking back to this. It was a tough time. Uh, well, Tatum, let's go to you first before I before I, I reflect a bit. Well, I'm, I also want to go back to 2020, but I want to go back to kind of the summer, first of all, because I was doing the data for this book. I was going, getting right back into the data from across this time. And the summer of 2020, we were down to such low numbers. If you're looking at the deaths by day of, of deaths within 28 days of positive tests, we're looking at four, five, six. Wow. At, you know, that, that, that yeah. level, it was, it was almost gone. And it was a really hot, there was a really hot period that summer. And I remember mm. kind of thinking maybe, maybe we're going to be all right here. Maybe we're on our way out. And then obviously, you know, we weren't because that was 2020 and still 2022 now. And that roller coaster downward, downward bit. What's a downward bit on a roller coaster? The slope. But when we headed into the autumn and the rule of six was introduced in September, like really early in September, and we were getting more and more restrictions really quickly. Um, and then we had lockdown two, uh, when we were all told to go indoors in November. And then we're told we'll be out on the 2nd of December. And we went straight into tears on the 2nd of December. And then that rapidly, tier four, came into thing. We were told, hey, you're going to be able to hang out with people over Christmas. And then they went, oh, no. No, you're not. You're not going to be able to hang out with people. Please don't hang out with people. We didn't really say anything about Christmas. Shush. And then there was the January lockdown. The January lockdown of 2021 that felt like mm. it just was never ending. I think the first lockdown felt, we'll get through this. And, you know, we, if, if you give us a couple of days, we'll sort this out. And the second one was always very time limited, but it was that third January lockdown that um, was so dispiriting. It was a real kick in the teeth, wasn't it? Yeah. Because I think what was interesting, Diane, you suggested that if, if lockdown was to happen again now, um, would people stick to it? And I think that's because we've had that experience and that this is the third time, it would be the fourth time, wouldn't it, that a national lockdown had been imposed. The first time, in a way, it's kind of it was kind of fun, wasn't it? Well, for me, not fun. It was kind of like, it's a new thing. Mm -hmm. There's lots of memes going around the internet. Celebrities were doing silly things and um, lots of... Um, Lots of stuff were going on YouTube, so you can kind of all get involved. We were clapping the NHS, and people were clapping and really getting behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we didn't really see, we didn't really have the full effect of like the, the doom and gloom. And then I think, like I said, Tatum, the, the summer came, the beaches were packed, and then asked to go back into lockdown again. I think that's when people started to turn again. I think it's the, oh, is it oh, again? Okay, um, well, it's a bit more boring this time. It's a bit more, it's a bit more difficult this time. And then, like you said, the, the third lockdown uh, in January, when I think part of that was in response to the government not feeling they should impose the rules and regulations early enough because a lot of people had their Christmases uh, ruined. Boris Johnson and the team had had said, no, don't worry, Christmas will be fine. And then it wasn't. And then lockdown at the worst time of the year when there's no sun and it's just, and it's just you just feel like you're you plunged into misery. And I think that's probably where the culmination of a lot of these things really kind of hit home for a, for a lot of people. I think that you're absolutely right. And it's the drudgery of it that we wouldn't, that we would find it very hard to go back to. But of course, we can't talk about this without talking about Cummings, without talking about Hancock, mm. without talking about parties. That's 
the real change that means we, even if we got a new variant tomorrow and it, you know, gosh, no, please no. But even if that happened, the government would find it very difficult to shut the country down. Yeah. Because of all of the things that have happened. People would just say no. What, how much do you think the, the spirit behind the country was maybe helped or, or even hindered by Boris Johnson getting COVID? We forget that. I, I forget that. I had to, I had to think back. Boris was, had COVID and was very seriously ill at one point. And do you think that had an effect on people at the time? Yeah, that's a, it's a, I've not, I've not, not thought too much about that, but I guess for a lot of people, it will have shown that it affected everybody. You know, it wasn't just something that was affecting particular groups. It was, it it was across the board. And I, I, I guess a lot of people will have had sympathy for him, you know, and at that time potentially, but yeah, interesting. I think. I think it was a Tom Hanks effect. In America, uh, nobody yeah. took mm. it seriously until mm. Tom Hanks got COVID. And everyone mm. went, oh my goodness, Tom yeah. Hanks. Not no. Forrest Gump. And, no. that, and that, that sparked them. Mm. And I think the Boris Johnson here was like, yeah, this, this, is, this is real. Like mm. he might die. Like mm. he was really, really Yeah, Ill. there was mm. that, wasn't there? And then we were being, you know, Dominic Raab was in charge. Um, <laughs> and my neighbor's, uh, my neighbor's son kind of went to school briefly or something with Dominic Raab. And uh, I heard a lot about it. Every time I saw my neighbour, which was quite a lot because I, I was dropping off food for her and that kind of thing, she told me about Dominic Raab and her son. Lucky you. So that's exciting. Yeah. I think to go from to go from Boris Johnson, very, very sick in, in hospital, to, to him then dancing around Downing Street, that's, that's where, like I said, I think a lot of the, it, it'd be hard to, get people behind mm-hmm. behind us. I think we can kind of, it's, it's easy to get people behind when you think, oh shit, the, the PM's actually ill. Whether, whether you like him or not as a person, he's ill, he's in hospital, mm. this is serious. And he's taking it seriously. But then when it's to be seen that the people in charge are no longer taking it seriously, then it's hard for everyone else to take it seriously. They're trying very much to do what I say, not what I do. And that doesn't, that never works at all. Yeah, but because we, I mean, we've, it's, it's the health secretary who had mm. to resign because he broke the rules. It's the yeah. Prime Minister who may or may not be fined because he broke the rules. It's Dominic Cummings, who's the, like, these are the top people in the government. Like, these top three, and the genie doesn't go back in the bottle. And I think the last thing to obviously think about is the the first vaccinations came at the end of 2020, but really rolled out amazingly, amazingly, amazingly so. And, you know, Godspeed to the, NHS and everyone who helps create this vaccine, but uh, throughout 2021, this is the thing that's really going to set us on the path for redemption. I don't know if that's the right word, but my gosh, this is this is simply astonishing. I think. Yeah. I mean, I remember turning up for my first jab, and it was just this amazingly efficient, friendly, happy, speedy place, and I, and it, the idea that this wonderful place that I went was mm. being replicated thousands and thousands of times across the country it was it was a huge it was a national spirit and it was yeah it was very impressive yeah it it's certainly one of the 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 big success stories isn't it from from everything that that happened in the past couple of years and um you know and the fact that you know last year was really really was definitely the year of the vaccine and we went into boosters and you know and the age groups kept coming down and yeah absolutely a a really good success story i think we're quite a good country 
like yeah. actually I think I mean there's a lot of nonsense and you know we all disagree and fall out and whatever and I think when it comes down to it the people I mean, people I think all people are good but you know <laughs> like the UK you know peace and love and I think we're good we're a good country and we're good people we are a good country um, let's head to the final section crystal ball So, guys, um, Parliament will no longer be in recess next week, but are we going to talk about that? What will be the big stories coming up next week? Okay, I'm going to, as always, just get in there and take the first easiest thing to say. So, um, <laughs> as we know, Boris Johnson is up on Monday. We expect that to be around 3.30ish, roughly. It'll be in the afternoon anyway, because things are always later on a Monday. And then we, we're expecting, it's not confirmed, but a 5pm news conference. And that's going to be a little bit of mush because, yeah, Sajid Javid, that will be the potentially one of the last daily news briefings that we we do so i think i'm gonna have to mark it in some occasion some way special dinner i don't know a good cup of tea, good cup <laughs> of tea. I, I think I, th I think it's going to be gin i mean you can pretend you don't oh what's it going to be oh be? i don't know gin if the answer is gin <laughs> tatton where's your crystal ball go um well having said covered every week Diane's just stolen my thunder altogether. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that's it's, it's, it's all about... So we've got the PM at 3.30 on Monday. And what he's going to talk about is repealing the Coronavirus Act of 2020. And embedded in that act, it says you don't need a vote to repeal this. So it's unlikely the PM will need a vote. But it's also quite likely, I've got a hunch, that he will have a vote anyway because he wants parliament's backing behind mm. it and because he'll try and tease out a difference with labor so that he can then say that labor did the wrong thing or whatever it is because he'll, he'll he'll want to play a bit of politics with it so i'm expecting a vote on tuesday or possibly wednesday uh, a debate and vote on this and then all of the COVID restrictions, if it if this is what he says, will go on Thursday, which is exactly a month earlier than March 24th, which is when it's going to come stop being anyway. So I think that we're going to start seeing some division, some blue water between Labour and Conservative stance on this, and that's likely to come over free tests. Because right now, as you know, lateral flow tests, you can sign, send off for them or pick them up from the, from the pharmacy or whatever, and it's free. But at some point, that's got to end because it's costing the government absolute fortune mm. and we're going to have to pay for them. And the government are is maybe maybe 30 quid a pack of seven. Oh, wow. That's how much? That is kind of thing. Sure. In other countries, they charge about five or each, ten or each for those tests. So 30, roughly, th people are talking about, about that. I mean, who knows? And Labour will oppose that. The government are also talking about cutting some of the sick leave money and Labour will oppose that because that's what unions do. Labour are part of the unions, right? You, you, you fight for sick pay. And these things will be discussed at length. So we've got the main headline news of no longer having to self-isolate, but the advice will still be to self-isolate. You should still self-isolate. Just it won't be legal that you have to. That's the headline then. Underneath that, we'll get the details. That's where we'll see some real fighting between the parties about what the best 
way forward is. Well, guys, um, that's been an amazing episode and kind of emotional looking back back on what's happened over the past couple of years. Looking forward to your book coming out. Guys, where can they find the book? Where can they pre-order the book? We didn't say explicitly. Let's um, let's finish on that. spstuff.co.uk. 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 <laughs> Is that spstuff.co.uk. And that's where spstuff.co.uk. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> Thanks, Kobe. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, everyone. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.